before we read, we'll, we'll just give a prayer in thanksgiving, and then we'll, we'll read the word. Let's pray in thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, we know that we have to thank you for everything that we have. We know, Lord, that every good gift comes from above. We know that you are our provider, and that without you, we would have nothing. And so, Lord, we thank you that you give us what we have. And, Lord, you even give us the opportunity to give away what we have. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for your generosity and giving to us. Lord, we ask that you'd help us to be like you in generosity. And, Father, as we give and as we um, gift to the church, we pray that you would use everything given for your glory, that you'll take the little that we give um, and our trusting in you to use it for your glory and the expansion of your kingdom. Oh, Lord, we long to see your name made famous all around the world and even in our neighborhoods. And we ask, God, that you would make that happen. Thank you, Lord, that we can partner with you. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us in uh, to work. And, but, Lord, we acknowledge that everything is done by you, and you are the sovereign one. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalm 127. So I'll read it, and you can follow along. <clears throat> Unless the Lord builds the house... Those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And um, that first verse is very popular. If, if it's not the Lord who builds the house, the builders who are building it, they're working in vain. And um, it's, it's very apparent to me that this morning, if the Lord does not bring the word to you, I'm preaching in vain, and you'll be listening in vain. And um, because I, uh, that really weighs on me right now, I, I think we, we might pray just one more time before we get into the Word again. Lord, have your way this morning. God, we know that if you are not in your Word this morning, if you do not own it, if you do not send it out to accomplish salvation and making people look more like Jesus, then, Lord, we have gathered for nothing. So, Lord, would you be pleased to send out your word this morning for your glory and saving people and making them look more like Jesus. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, just like every passage in the Bible, we, we must understand a little bit about the context, at least. And this is a psalm written by Solomon. And Solomon, he's credited with two Psalms, I think Psalm 72 and, and this one here. And what's wonderful is, you know, Solomon's known for the book of Proverbs, you know, a whole bunch of wisdom. And that's sort of carried in here in this Psalm. And this is a Psalm of ascents. What that means is it's a Psalm going up, up the hill to Jerusalem. These people are on their way to Zion, you know, that holy hill that we read about in the Old Testament where they built Jerusalem. And there were um, a few times a year where, where the Jews, the, the Hebrew people, they would go up for festivals. 
And this would be one of the songs that they'd sing. And they'd sing, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build are labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And this is a psalm that would make a lot of sense to the people who are walking up there. These are people who built their own homes. These are people who had a kingdom which had gates and there were watchmen watching. And these people acknowledge that if, if the Lord was not building the house, if he wasn't sovereign in doing this, then they were doing it in vain. Basically, this is a psalm about trusting in God in everything, in every, in every daily activity, in everything that we do. This is a psalm about trusting in the sovereignty of God. Now, I want to bring up three things. You see that word building there. You know, it's talking about not just building a house, but we can build anything. Building a household is what's more in mind here. What else is here is not only progress and building and success, but we see that they have a watchman here. This is a psalm that talks about security as well. And we can all relate to that. We, I think most of us have a job. Most of us have a household. Um, most of us have been building households. Um, most of us have been thinking about security, perhaps a savings account or KiwiSaver or, you know, some type of portfolio where you have investments. But we're all thinking about a few things. Building, progress, success, security, making sure that everything that you build isn't taken away or destroyed. And also, we, we learn here that there's a bit about family in there. So success, security, and relationships, which I think everyone here can relate to at some level. And this is a psalm that tells us that if you have those three things in life, which a lot of people think if you have these three things, then you're sorted. If, you, if you've built something for yourself in life, you know, everyone's trying to build an empire. You see those um, posts around all the time. Um, everyone's trying to make sure that they have a bit of security, that everything that they've built doesn't get washed away and flushed away. And as well as that, everyone is um, built for relationships. And people think if we have these three things in life, then we're fine. But this psalm tells us if you have these three things in life without God, it uses the word there, vain. If, if you have a successful job, if you're, if you're getting up in the morning and you've got you know, a booming company or whatever it is, you've got a large bank account. Um, if you've done all of that without the Lord, it's just all in vain. That word vain there is talking about emptiness, futility. It means nothing. Um, and I'll just talk a little bit quickly about what it means for the Lord to build a house. So say you're building. You're building a house. Let's say literally you're building a house. And, um, you know, you've got a whole different parts, a whole different range of activities going on. You've got, you know, a QS, a quantity surveyor who's pricing everything up, making sure you've got everything. Um, you, you've got architects. You've got engineers who all take part in the building. And then you've got the actual carpenters the builders who put everything together and um, you've, you've got the fabricators at, at the workshops and everything like that. And when this psalm says, unless the Lord builds the house, it's not saying unless the Lord picks up his apron and his nail gun, you're building in vain. That's not what it's talking about here. When it says, unless the Lord builds the house, it's saying, unless your house is built on trust in God and dependence upon his provision and for the sake of his glory, if it's not for those things, doesn't matter what you build, it's built in vain. 
if you look to, to things around you for security, perhaps your bank accounts or whatever you think, you know, if I have this job or if I have um, this investment, then I will be sorted for life. If you're thinking along those lines, then it's saying, unless the Lord watches over you, it doesn't matter if, uh, if there's a portfolio watching over you. It doesn't matter if there's investments watching over you. If there is a job watching over you, if the Lord is not watching over you, then all of those things are happening in vain. And that's really important to understand. And another one, you know, that, that struck me, if you look at verse 2, it is in vain that you raise up early and go late to rest. Now, this is not saying, you know, wake up at 10 and go to sleep at 8. Um, it's not saying, you know, you can sleep in and go to sleep early. It's saying that if you, if you work the whole day, if you work toiling, um, and then let, let's go on a little bit further, eating the bread of anxious toil, if you do all of those things without trusting in Lord, it's, it's no wonder why it's all anxious toil. It's no wonder why you'd be afraid about what's going to happen tomorrow because you have no real security. You have no real building. You have no real foundation. Um, if you do not trust in the Lord, it's no wonder that the bread that you will eat is the bread of anxious toil. And this is talking about people who, you know, for some of us, perhaps brothers and sisters, who will work 80, 90 hours a week and think, unless I do this, unless I do this, unless I work all of these hours, unless I take on all of these things, then I won't be okay. I have to do this. This is my security. I, I must do it. For people who do that, the result is anxiety. And what's the result of anxiety? More work. What's the, of, what's the result of doing more work? More anxiety. The, the bread that you will eat is the bread of anxious toil, if not trusting in God. So this is a psalm telling us that we must trust in God, not only for our daily activities, but for the security in life. Not only for the security in life, but also in the relationships. We'll just get down a little bit further to verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, it's interesting that he talks about children um, in the psalm. Uh, you know, uh, upon first glance, it sort of looks like it's disjointed, like he's changed topics. But he hasn't changed topics. It's the same topic. It's the same topic about trusting in God and everything. And we see here, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. What's, what that's saying is, if you have children, God gave you those children. Again, bringing out his sovereignty. If, if he's given you children, he, he may have been pleased to give you children. And perhaps for some, um, children are withheld from them and, and they don't have, end up having children. But if the Lord gives you children, it's because the Lord gave you children. Right? It's, it's his gift. And it goes on to talk about um, what children may end up being like if you lead them along in the ways of the Lord. They're like an arrow in the hand of a warrior. And a warrior would make these arrows and he'd, he'd have to make them straight. Not only would he have to make them straight, but he'd have to shoot them straight. And they'd have to reach a target. And what it's saying there is, you know, you trust in the Lord for all of those things. And what happens, what happens if you follow all the steps, do everything right, and you shoot the arrow and it goes off? You know, you're aiming, you're aiming for your target and it goes and hits the referee. Now, what, what do you do then? Do you say, well, you know, if, if I had followed A, B, and C, then perhaps that would not have happened. Now, what does that say if, if we say that? What, what does it say if we say, if my children don't end up the way that I want them to end up, then, you know, that, that's all on me because I didn't follow A, B, or C. 
Well, it's the same thing as saying, if my children end up hitting the target, it's because I followed A, B, and C. You see there that the trust is taken away from the Lord and put onto our expertise as parents. Um, and what it's saying here is if your children end up right, if they, if they end up hitting the mark, if they end up following the Lord, God willing, it is not because you're such a great parent. It's because the Lord built, the Lord watched, the Lord was the one who worked. And that's important to understand. One, one big thing that we have to understand as well is we're talking about, this is a psalm talking about people who already belong to God. This is a psalm addressing basically the church today, saying church, you know, if you're building, you have to trust in God. It's saying church, if, if you're watching or thinking about security, God is your security. He's your ultimate security. If, if you're working, it's saying God is the one who actually provides. He's the one who goes out and gives you everything that you have and doesn't give you excuses to not work. But it tells you that your trust should not be in your work. It should be in, in God. And what I thought would be an important question to ask this morning is, who is the person that can actually trust in the Lord for all of these daily activities? To trust in the Lord for your job or for your family or for the building of your house. Who can actually do this trusting? Can any person just off the street trust God in this way? Can any person who you know at work or perhaps at school or at uni trust God like this? The only person who can trust God for these things, for the daily activities in life, is a person who trusts God for the ultimate activity in life. A person who trusts God for the, the biggest situation in your life. Now, when I read this psalm, um, it reminded me, you, you may remember as well, of Jeremiah 2.13. And there's, there's a verse there that says, my people have committed two evils. This is the Lord talking about Israel. He's saying they've committed two wrongs. One of those wrongs is they abandoned me, the fountain of living water. So God calls himself this living spring, the spring that won't stop. It'll just keep giving them water. It'll keep sustaining them. He said they've committed two wrongs. One, they've abandoned me, the one who can give them all this water, the one who will never, ever run dry. And two, they've replaced me. They've instead turned to little holes that they've dug out in the ground to try and catch water. And they've, they've, what these people have done is they said, look, let's dig out a hole for ourselves in the ground that can hold water. And the problem with these holes that they've dug out is they don't even hold water. So that verse says they've committed two wrongs. One, they've abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And two, they've hewn for themselves cisterns that don't even hold water. And the person who does not trust God in the daily activities of life turn away from him is this person who's turned away from this fountain of living water and who says, instead of trusting in him where I can get everything that I need, I myself will dig out a cistern. I myself will do something that can provide for me instead of him providing for me. And another place that I was reminded of is, do you remember just after the flood in Genesis 11, there's a story about all these people who spoke one language and they said to themselves, let's build a tower. And the tower was later called the Tower of Babel. But they've built this tower and to, what they said to themselves is, you know, we've become so advanced. We're so self-sustaining that we could build this tower and work our way up to heaven. 
let's build this tower so that it gets to the heavens. And what this shows is the, is the arrogance of human beings sometimes. When we say, look, there's a gap between us and God. The solution for this gap that is between us and God because of our sin is that we build our way up to God. Is that we make our way up to him. It's up to us to close the gap between us and God. And what this tells us is that these people don't know how big the gap is. These people don't understand that the gap is not, it's not 100 meters up in the air where you can build up to. There is an infinite gap between us and God because he is an infinite God and we have sinned against an infinite God, leaving a gap that is too big for us to, to bridge. So they've made two mistakes. They thought they were better than they were. And then the other mistake is, God is not as high as he seems. He's actually a little bit lower. So they've underestimated God and overestimated themselves. This person who thinks that they can close the gap based on what they can do, can never trust God for any daily activity in life. They can never trust God in, just the, in the keeping of their household. They can never trust God in the security of life because they don't trust them for the security of eternal life the closing of the gap of that sin between us and God. So the only person, friends, the only person who can trust in God for daily activities, and this is important for all of us to understand, whether you're a believer or not a believer, your trust on daily activities is based on your trust in this eternal activity that Jesus accomplishes himself. Remember that the um, passage we read right at the start from Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What he's saying is you can go to work day and night. You can try day and night as much as you want to work your way to God. You'll never make it. You will only eat the bread of anxious toil. But straight after that, in that psalm, look again at, at verse 2, the second half. For he gives to his beloved sleep. The only person who can sleep comfortably and not be anxious at night is the one who trusts in God for their daily activities. But the only one who can trust in God for their daily activities is the one who has come to Jesus for the eternal hope of rest. When Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those are the only people who can rest. There is no rest outside of Jesus. There is no peace and comfort outside of Jesus. This eternal huge gap, this infinite chasm between us and God, we can never go to sleep at night thinking this is sorted unless we trust in Jesus. And friends, if you trust in Jesus for your eternity, if you have come to him and said, look, I'm trusting in you, Jesus, to close the gap between me and God, then, friends, you can be assured that he will give you peace and rest in this world, in the, in the daily activities that you find yourself in, in this COVID world, in, in a world where we have uh, volcanic eruptions and tsunamis. We can still rest easy at night because our ultimate security is not in the house that we own. Our ultimate security is not in the job that we've worked our way to. Our ultimate security is not even in the relationships that we have with people around us. Our ultimate security, our ultimate hope and our trust 
as in God himself, as in Jesus Christ, closing the gap between us and God. And then it's then and there that we can trust him for our daily activities. It's then and there that we can be content in a world so riddled with confusion like we find ourselves in today. My question to you is, can you trust in God for your daily activities? If you have not trusted in God for, for the, the problem of your sin, then you cannot say yes. There is no way you can say yes. But if you, if you have trusted in him for that eternal security, for that eternal building, because he's the one who builds his church, then, friends, you can trust him today. You can trust him when you're driving. You can trust him in all your daily activities. You can use any activity in your whole life to bring him glory. So which one are you? Where do you find yourself this morning? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for such wisdom from Solomon. Lord, we know that you are the one who granted him such wisdom. We know that you are the one who inspired the word that was penned here in Psalm 127. Lord, help us to really understand and for ourselves examine our own lives and to see whether in our daily activities in life, in, in the building of our households, in the security um, that we make for ourselves, whether we are really trusting you. Lord, give us wisdom to see that. And Lord, if, if we are not trusting in you there, in those places, help us to do so, because you are a God who can be trusted. You are a God who is faithful forever, whose steadfast love endures forever, who we can trust without a doubt, and who we can depend on because you will never fail. And Lord, for those who do not trust you in that ultimate sense, our Lord, we pray that you would bring them to Jesus, that when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, they would hear and they would recognize his voice and come to him. And Lord, we pray that you would give them that rest that you give to your beloved, not only in that ultimate sense, that they can be rest assured of that eternal hope, but even in today's life and the place that they find themselves in their own personal context, in their own jobs, in their own um, relationships, that they would trust in you there. And Lord, we thank you that if anything good comes of our life, we will be singing your praises and giving you glory. And Lord, we, we have no credit to take for anything good that comes out of our life. You have taken sinners and made them your saints. And that is all because you are so powerful and so trustworthy and so glorious. So Lord, help everyone here to trust in you. We pray this for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name. Amen.